Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStopDevShop.com. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us, we'll give you the first 30 days no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at OneStopDevShop.com, and let's talk about your SaaS project today. Today we have Eric Jacobson, founder and CEO of Lemon Pie and Hatch. Lemon Pie helps companies grow through podcasting, and Hatch provides unlimited podcast editing for startups and creators. I was introduced to Eric through one of the best outbound campaigns I've ever come across, and I wanted to break down his strategy and hear about his success using this campaign. We'll also be talking about these two companies, how he was able to fund and start them both in the MVP for Hatch and how he was able to navigate his zero to 30,000 MR journey and beyond. How are you today, Eric? Doing great. Thank you for having me, Jordy. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm glad, glad to have you on. So uh, let, let's start. Maybe you can tell us, you obviously are in the podcasting business. Why don't you tell us about Lemon Pie and Hatch and what specifically you, what specific problem you solve for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to create a best-in-class offer for two different entry points of the market. So Lemon Pie is our full-service premium podcast agency where we help companies who are thinking about or considering exploring podcasts as a channel to acquire customers from, build brand awareness, build an audience, and build a deeper connection that leads to higher conversions than other channels. And that with Lemon Pie, we do everything start to finish. So we help them create a podcast from scratch and produce it and market it on an ongoing basis. Or, and how we connected Jordy is we help their CEOs or executive team members get interviewed on other podcasts that potentially have their customers listening to them. So that's what we do for Lemon Pie. And then Hatch, we wanted to create a, a sort of entry point into podcasting for teams who are going to DIY a lot of the pieces of a podcast, but should not be spending their time editing it. And so what we wanted to do with Hatch is create an offer that was a flat rate, affordable monthly, $497 per month. And we provide unlimited podcast editing for that price. We work one episode at a time and uh, we get it back in two business days. And you can do that as many times as you like per month along with support and strategy and guidance along the way for any questions that, you know, folks may have as they create a show. The point there being, you know, we believe that almost every company could benefit from a podcast and mm -hmm. we wanted to create an offer that al allowed and helped more teams be able to execute it. Okay, great. Okay. That's, uh, obviously two great offers that work very well together. So you can sort of expand. It sounds like the lemon pie is more premium 
And so any anyone that doesn't want that premium service can then just sort of be almost downsold into Hatch. Is that sort of the thinking on the creation of that product? Yeah, they're they're very they're very complementary to each other in the sense that for folks who sometimes connect with us through Hatch, they actually end up being in ter- in terms of their needs and their goals, lemon pie sometimes is a better fit and then vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. So they they definitely are complementary to each other in that in that way. Okay, great. So can you tell me how you first of all how you got into this? Uh you obviously had a podcast. Is that how you started or how did you sort of fall into the podcasting area? Podcasting just changed my life fundamentally, honestly. Like I got out of college, I was working a job I hated. This was uh, about nine years ago or so, 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stumbled on podcasts at that time when it was really early. Started listening. You mentioned Andrew Warner in your intro. That, mm-hmm. was, that was one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to. It was Mixer G. Yeah, he's great. my mind. So, yeah. Know? Yeah. Such like a, Pat, such a sort, of, sort of Pat Flynn and John, John Lee Dumas and yep. that sort of cohort, uh, the early yeah. podcasters who were all yep. still doing it eh? and doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, th- this week in startups and, and those shows. And so, yeah, so I ended up just becoming obsessed with podcasts from that. I learned a ton, became obsessed, and uh, and quit my job to try and make something happen in 2014 around podcasting and ended up kind of pitching my way into some some projects with Tim Ferriss, with not Andrew Warner, but uh, Jason Calacanis of This Week in Startups and a few mm-hmm. other folks. And that sort of parlayed that into the insights that then allowed me to create the agency. Okay, great. So, and did you have a podcast when you started the agency? No, I didn't. That's the interesting thing is, you know, Lemon Pie first started, the only thing we did for the first two years was the podcast tour. So helping CEOs get interviewed on other podcasts. Okay. And then we added, you know, podcast production after that and and, uh, started our own podcast around that time. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And, and when did Hatch come about? Hatch came about, about nine or so months ago, maybe coming up on about a year is when the initial idea stemmed. And there was just a lot of insights that led me to, you know, we've been doing lemon pie for about five years now, and it was a non-trivial decision to try, you know, to spin out a different, a new company, but we just wanted to be able to help more, more teams, frankly. And we saw a stat during COVID that a hundred thousand new podcasts were getting created each month. And so that plus a lot of the conversations and goodwill we had already built in the market gave me the insight that, you know, there, there probably could be an appetite for another company and they could be very complimentary in terms of the knowledge we already have, the team we have, how we can execute it and things like that. And they could help each other. And, uh, and that has proved to be true. It definitely though is not, you know, spinning out like Elon Musk is running SpaceX and Tesla and I I'm running, you know, two podcast companies and I have no idea how, how he does it, but yeah. um, Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. it's been, it's been fun. It's been, it's been great. And uh, it's been working really well. Okay, great. So is the idea is to keep them going when you develop Hatch is the idea to keep them both going simultaneously, or are you thinking eventually that Hatch will become the sort of um, the larger product that you'll focus on or do you any plans right now? No, I see them both honestly as equal. I think there's huge potential, huge upside on both of them. Um, 
and they they are solving different pain points and they have a different model and um i think that they are the best at what they do in each of their sort of respective like positions in the market and so yeah i i don't see one as like sort of overtaking another or us deprioritizing one of them but they actually are going to have different team they have different teams so um they're just actually going to be run as sort of like helpful to each other but not can't cannibalizing the same team okay that makes sense so so let's go into the pricing then for for lemon pie how how do you price the the, the product as in comparison to hatch if you if you can tell me pricing yeah so lemon so with hatch like i mentioned it's 497 dollars a month we may be increasing that slightly here in a little bit but yeah 497 dollars a month um, and that's unlimited. So if somebody, and, if somebody's doing like seven podcasts or someone's doing two podcasts, it's still yep. just, yep. okay. And what's exactly. the average? I, like, I, what, I, no, the average is probably four. Is that right? Four. Most people yeah, are doing one show yeah, per the week. Average, exactly. The average is, is about weekly. We have some folks who are doing, you know, two or three a week and we've got some that do two a month, but the average is, is about weekly. And what we saw with this is, another insight we had is that for this type of service, there there can actually be a lot of complications with like how it's priced for folks. It's like, well, if it's this many minutes, it's this price, if this many episodes, it's this price. And it's just so variable each month. And we, we similar to SaaS, we thought that there could be a strong value prop to just having one flat rate price and it scales up or down as you need. And it's just very easy to understand. And so that's the model that we, we leaned into and, and it's been working really well with lemon, with lemon pie, depending on the, the service, whether podcast production or podcast tour, we are, you know, a premium, a, a premium service. And with that, you know, premium pricing, uh, a, a bit, but we do everything start to finish. And so it's just, it just depends on what the needs are. Uh, most of our deals with lemon pie are uh five and six figures and mm. most folks are working with us you know between um six months and two years on average okay okay so so and that would be monthly is it like sort of a, so you'd be looking at like a ten thousand a month type of contract or yeah some yeah yeah okay. around that in uh depending depending on it's some of it's customized depending on the exact needs but yeah that's that's fair Okay, so so this would be like uh, this is obviously big enterprise enterprise podcasters, I guess, companies that are do, doing you know these big podcasts. Yeah, well, it's really for yeah, I think that's fair. Like the size of the companies we work with tend to be between you know a hundred and five hundred employees. Sometimes it's you know teams with fifty employees. Sometimes it's teams with thousands. Mm-hmm. But the way that we've thought about our pricing and packaging is not charge more for the same as somebody charging less, but actually higher price, but get more. And with get more, it is actually a higher degree of certainty of success because our belief is the the most expensive thing you can do is create the wrong podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we've designed our service so that there is the highest probability possible of getting a show that works, so that you can get the thing that you want, which is achieve your goals, achieve, hit your KPIs, all of that stuff. 
otherwise you're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money doing something that ultimately isn't going to work. Cause what we found with podcasts, it's really easy to like have a hunch of an idea mm-hmm. that might work. Cause we work with a lot of great marketers and they usually have an idea of what the podcast should be and how, you know, what they could do. But what we've found through our process is sometimes, oftentimes the audience that we do research on tells us they actually don't want that. They want something different. And so that, that saves, that saves going down the wrong path and creating the wrong thing that won't lead to the result. Okay. So you're, you, it sounds like you get involved in the strategy of exactly. finding the right podcast to, for the, 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 the podcaster to come out with and, and then take it from, from basically the, through the whole process of like setting it all up and doing the marketing for finding guests, everything, eh? Everything. Yeah. So we, we, the first thing we do is we start with strategy and that's, that is the most important thing to get right. And it's the single most popular thing for people to skip is they just kind of like sit around and come up with an idea that they think it sounds cool. And then they go with it, not knowing that that's a direction that they may go down. You know, they've just, they've basically just picked an idea out of thin air that is going to make or break the success of it. Um, and so, yeah, we actually like get on calls with their customers, survey their audience, do deep competitive research, all of these things to come up with potential concepts that could win in relation to the goals rather than just, you know, asking a few questions, who's their audience, who's their ideal customers, and then creating a concept from thin air. We actually want to hear from customers themselves. Sometimes the ideas end up being very similar to what the team had in mind, but the details of what the audience told us is where the gold is. Cause then we know what they want to hear in every episode, not just like this broad general direction. Other times the concepts are so different than what the original hunch was that it, it it's very evident that it would have been a categorical mistake to have gone down the original idea and, you know, spending the two to three weeks doing the research and talking with customers saved you know months or years of the wrong strategy leading to to the result that you don't want okay that makes sense can can you give us some um examples of of strategy let's say i came to you um with this podcast and that was a potential customer i guess what are the main things that you think people should be trying to get out of their podcast is it leads or or mm. i mean like what are, what are some of the the core benefits that you think that you're that people should be getting out of a uh, out of a podcast great question most people think about success of a podcast with just this single thing which is how many people listen to it and let's get as many people as possible to listen to it. Like, so that listener, um, you know, the subscriber number, the listens per episode, that is critical, super important, but that is just the, the tip of the iceberg on what a podcast can do. And so for different teams, they measure it and think about goals different ways, but our belief around, the value of a podcast and and why you should do it and how to measure success is a few things, but one, it is, um, it is building the audience. So it is the listenership, but that's going to take time because you're starting from scratch in a lot of cases. So it's going to take time to build up the audience. But on the way to that, there's, there's a few things that we love to do. And one, it is, 
uh, sales, sales enablement, sales development, and I can go into details on that. And then marketing, uh, marketing collateral, essentially marketing assets to power all of your channels. So our belief with marketing today is that expertise and storytelling can be a differentiator for your company. I know your, your audience is a, is a lot of software and SaaS companies. And a lot of times they might be competing on features or price as a differentiator. Mm -hmm. We believe expertise can actually be the differentiator for why someone would choose your SaaS over another. And so one way to actually articulate that is through something like a podcast and why we think it's so good for it to be a podcast and not start with a blog is because the podcast can turn into powering your blog, powering your newsletter, powering your Twitter threads, powering your organic LinkedIn. So every single episode starting from episode one can now be used across all of your channels, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, your new, your weekly newsletter, your weekly blog to be extracting the insights from the podcast and putting them contextually on those platforms and not making it so people have to click off and say like, Hey, you know, we've got our newest big break software episode this week, go click it and check it out. No, we're actually like taking the insights from it and putting it inside of LinkedIn so that people don't have to click off. And we think that that's the way that people consume content in 2021 is they, they may prefer to follow you on LinkedIn than ever listen to your podcast, but they can still get the value and build affinity for your brand and you showcase your expertise or provide value to them with education and insights. Our whole, our whole philosophy is to teach and don't sell. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, it's very easy now to, for someone to spin up a compete, a competing feature, a competing product, but it's harder to actually compete with who you are as a person and the value you and your team can provide via education. And so that that's number one from episode one, you're able to get that value of that from, from your podcast. The other thing is from a sales perspective. So you can think about a podcast from a top of funnel or a bottom of funnel, um, perspective. So mm -hmm. with, with, with bottom of funnel, we decided to create a bottom of funnel podcast for, for our brand lemon pie. We created a show that we knew not a lot of people quantitatively were going to listen to. It wasn't going to be listened to by tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. but it was going to help us with every single deal that comes across our table uh, in, in either the enablement of that deal or uh, relationships that we build through the podcast that lead to inbound. And so our, our podcast, you know, we have a show um, called brands that podcast. Mm -hmm. I can attribute, I can attribute hundreds of thousands of dollars in ARR and millions of dollars in pipeline to it mm -hmm. and not more than 200 people listen to any single episode. Really? That's and interesting. And so we create, yeah, so we create episodes that basically take our objections that we get in the sales process and we do this in a non-salesy way. So like, what's the, exactly what you just asked, what's the, how do you measure success of a podcast? Myself and our head of strategy created a 45 minute episode around that amongst many other types of episodes we create. 
but we take the, the top five, top 10 questions we get and we create a single like evergreen episode out of that. And now every single time after I talk with a prospect, I'm able to take the two or three things they cared most about and send them these these episodes in, in a follow-up. And many, many, many times they tell me later that they end up listening to that and then they end up listening to five, six, seven, eight, you know, others inside of our feed. So they didn't know about our podcast when they came to us, but I use the podcast to highlight why they should choose us over somebody else. And they're able to build a connection with us and build trust with us asynchronously and spend five hours listening to us in their ears before they decide to work with us. And that's a competitive advantage. The other part is the relationships side of things. So, you know, if you, we don't like to, you know, encourage this in a, um, bait and switch any, any, any type of way, but you know, you can interview your prospects as guests, or you could interview potential partners as guests, or you could in, interview influencers. And just by interviewing them does not mean good things are going to happen, but it is a entry point for a relationship that oftentimes, since you're providing value and if it's legitimate and the audience will get value out of it, then it can be a win, win, win for everybody for you to start rather than a cold email to that, to that person saying, Hey, do you have any interest in our product? You send a cold email. Hey, would you like to be featured on our podcast where we talk to other folks like you and here's our audience, here's what we're going to do to promote. And you use that as the starting point for the relationship and then build from there, comment mm -hmm. on their social, engage yeah. in their community, do all these sorts of things. And that has led to huge results for us and, and a lot of other folks as well. Okay. And how do you track that someone came in through the podcast? Is that sort of a manual process? Cause I know other, I've spoken to other podcasters and they seem to have trouble with that. Just sort of tracking that, that, that leads actually came from a podcast. This is, this is a tricky one because inherently people are listening to this, these shows, you know, in their ears when they're walking or when they're doing something. And so, you know, there's no link that they're clicking that that you're going to be able to see, oh, okay, this is a clear one-to-one. -one. This came from the podcast. So, so you know, you can put this in the category of brand marketing in the sense that it's marketing that work, but it is hard harder to attribute than, you know, performance or PPC and things like that. And so that's why we think it's an advantage, honestly, for brands who like, you know, believe in this type of marketing because because many companies are still have that hurdle of, well, if I can't track it, then we're not going to do it. But we believe this and other forms of marketing like this are some of the best ways are the ways that people buy today. And so you can have an advantage by it. But to answer your question, the best way to track it is self-reported. So either before conversion or after conversion, simply asking the the prospect where did they hear about you what influenced it whether that is like your lead uh form on your website just has a section how did you hear about us and it's not a drop down it could be you could have a drop down like podcast or just leave it open and just see what people write the other way is after people buy call them or send a survey and say how did you hear about us um I do know that, you know, a lot of SDRs and, and, you know, sales, sales folks 
um, the, the, it can get complicated for like actually identifying the referral source when they're doing sales calls. And so I, I think it's whether it's the customer success team or the marketing team, like kind of leading the charge on ways to identify that. Um, it's really important. The other, the other way is if you use transcription software for your, for your sales calls, if you use like gong or, or uh, balto or something like that, you can actually go in and search for the keyword podcast and that will search it across all of your sales calls via the transcription. And that will also give you a sense. So a lot of this is, you know, kind of having to go on offense a bit to, to pull the information out, but, but you'll also see comments and you'll see qualitative sort of things as well to know that it is working. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And you obviously have uh, some some customers that are software as a service customers as well, so companies. Um, how do you find that podcasts work for them? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jordy, you cut out there. Can you ask that again? Oh, sure. Is how do you find uh, for your software as a service clients? How do you find that podcasts work for them? And and what sorts of things do they podcast on? If you're a software as a service company, great question. So. How it works for them is a lot of a lot of times what we have found is the the companies we're working with have relied on performance marketing pretty heavily in terms of like lead gen performance marketing. So LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, Google PPC, things like that. And as time has gone on, it, it's getting more expensive. It's getting harder via iOS, Apple privacy updates and different things like that. And, and then you're just on this hamster wheel so that to acquire a new customer every single time costs, you know, X amount. And so not to say that that's bad or, you know, whatever, but at some point, you know, that strategy kind of reaches, reaches a point of diminishing returns for a lot of companies, or they realize we want to be able to get off this hamster wheel and get to a point where we can build up our organic channels that yes, that it takes a bit longer. It's like medium to long term, but over time, the proportional returns can far surpass that of performance marketing. And so it's sort of a philosophy thing is what it comes down to is like, do you believe your company is going to exist in one, two, three, five years? And if so, it would be, it would likely in a lot of cases for a lot of these SaaS companies, be wise to invest in some form of organic distribution for a lot of reasons, but but one being it, it, it will be a massive competitive advantage over time, as long as you don't look to measure it the same way you do performance. So if you start and 30 days later, you assess what was our cost per lead, what was our cost per acquisition, all these things, you're going to think it's not going to work within the first 30 days and you might quit too soon. So, so if you have that philo philosophical mindset around it, then, uh, then this can be a, a huge channel for a lot of SaaS companies and those that we work with. Um, and what they talk about, it really depends. That's where the strategy comes in. You know, it depends on what, what space they're in. You know, are they a, com a SaaS that sells to marketers? Are they a SaaS that sells to HR people? Are they a SaaS that sells to CEOs? CFOs, you know, what, what, what their vertical is, who their personas are, and then how much competition for shows like shows that focus on those verticals are there already. 
and what sort of internal domain expertise does the company have? And then, and then talking to the, to the customers and asking them, what sort of content do you consume? What podcasts do you listen to? If you could sit down with any CFO in the world, what would you ask them? What would you want to learn? And we take all these insights and we determine, should we create, should we create a top of funnel show that focuses, you know, sometimes there are folks who let's just say, for example, SAS that's selling to CFOs, but they don't have internal expertise that CFOs have. So in that case, your only two options are, since you don't have the internal expertise, is to create a show that talks to CFOs and pulls that information out of them so they can learn from each other and do that better than anybody else, or create like a storytelling type podcast, um, which is actually an even more differentiated type of show that you know very few people do, but there can be big upside and trade-offs with it as well though. Um, but if you do have the internal expertise, then there can oftentimes be a great combination of you being able to share your expertise in a non-salesy way, but also bringing on folks who can, who can also teach your buyers. The, the whole goal is create a podcast that two things, listeners, the people you want to listen, feel compelled when they see it whether on social or in a podcast app. And for the first time, they feel compelled, strongly compelled to want to hit play. And then when they hit play on the very first episode, it's so good that they make it to the end and they hit subscribe and they don't want to miss an episode. That is the entire goal. And so the the way to do that, honestly, is just through the research and the strategy phase, some of those pieces that I mentioned. Okay. I've heard concerns of people start software as a service that say, well, the, per- the reason I'm going into SaaS is because I eventually want an exit. And if I'm the host of a podcast, it's not really going to be a company asset. Do you agree or disagree? I- I'm going to imagine that you disagree with that. But can you tell me why uh, an a-, a podcast could be like a saleable asset of a company? That's a, that's a great question. That's a fair question. I think in some cases... I think that that concern is valid, but it's likely a little bit more overestimated than it actually is. Because, you know, frankly, what that assumes is that the podcast has no value except for being attached to the host. And so what what most podcasts that we create and most podcasts that most companies will create if they follow this type of methodology is one that is inherently valuable to the audience via the the type of content, the education, the format, the types of guests, all of that stuff. The host is a piece of it, but it's not 95% of the value. If we're talking about Gary Vee and we're talking about some of these like big personalities, you know, Gary Vee's podcast is not valuable without Gary Vee, frankly. You know, the Vayner Media podcast would be would be valuable without Gary Vee. So it's more so like, are you branding this around your personal brand as the CEO of a company, or are you branding this around the problem your podcast can help solve for listeners? And in that case, you know, that podcast can, can change hosts, that podcast can move to a different company. You know, that, that podcast is transferable as long as the premise and the value still remains. 
Okay, that makes sense. I, I want to make sure that we touch upon this, your outbound campaign. And, and let me give you the story how it looked from my end, right? So so I'm sitting, I received an email from one of your SDRs and it was opened immediately with, hey, I'm, I love your pod and I left a review. And then she put in a little snapshot of the review. And then, and I was like, oh, hey, that's great. Nice to meet you. And then she said, by the way, I think I'd have someone that would be a really great guest. So already, you know, she's cut through the, all. The, I've received 300 emails a day, all kinds of emails. So first of all, this is one that I'm opening. And she said, hey, I've got a great guest for you. So she, you know, made a pitch for one of your clients to get me on the show. I accepted because it was a good fit. So she'd done some research. And then she, after all, she, a, after it, she wrote a handwritten thank you note. And I have to say the whole process was really impressive. And I just want to give you that feedback from my perspective. But can you tell can you kind of break down your outbound strategy? Um, maybe there's some components of it that I did that I have missed and how you have found yeah. how you've made outbound, how successful outbound has been for you. Absolutely. We, we love like the way I started lemon pie was through cold outbound and, and obviously one of the services we, we provide podcast tour is heavily predicated on cold outbound. And we've built up a lot of relationships over the years. So that helps now, but cold outbound is still at the core of what we do and what we believe in and what we love and what, what we think that it's easy to do wrong. And, and so, yeah, happy to go through like our approach to it, you know, there really isn't like a huge secret sauce. Like I can talk, I'll talk through like some of our components and stuff like that, but fundamentally it's just, do you want to put in the effort or not? You know, it's, it really is as simple as that. Most folks doing outbound, you know, whether they're pitching to be a guest on a podcast or they're pitching their business to someone, they are queuing up a template and then they're emailing that to dozens or hundreds of people with very, very light personalization, if any, and kind of doing a spray and pray approach. Like that is that is sort of the standard like default for most folks. And so it's very easy to se separate yourself, like very, very, very easy by simply just being willing to put in the time. And so that's been our approach is we do less, quant from a quantity standpoint, mm -hmm. we do less outreach. So, so for example, like, like how many, we, how many, we, what's the guidelines asked, for, what would be the guidelines for, for, for an SDR? Like, would you rather have them do sort of 10 emails a day that, that, that they spend 15 minutes on, or do you have some guidelines there? Yeah. So I think that this is, um, it will probably be a little bit different for the podcast pitching versus the SDR, like cold outbound, but with cold, like with pure cold outbound for an SDR, I think that there's ways to do it that you can scale it. Cause I do think you need a little bit more quantity with that, but you can do it in a creative way. Like you can do it contextual. So like an example is here's an example of how we started. I'll, I'll actually give the, the cold, the cold email that we did to start lemon pie. We don't use this anymore. So the email that I sent to get my first 10, 20, 30 customers at Lemon Pie for, for the podcast tour was this. I would find some podcasts that I thought our ideal prospects would be listening to or would be guests on. And so I found a few that were in, you know, 
software, in B2B, in marketing, like that kind of stuff. And I didn't go like evaluate every single guest for, you know, what their, what their merit would be in terms of if I thought that they were a good prospect or not, but I would, I would just get the list of the most recent, let's just call it three, six, nine, 12 months of guests that that podcast has had. I would get their company information. I would get their email and then I would send them an email and said, Hey, it, it would be uh, two, two sentences, just, just two sentences. I would email them and I would say, Hey, I heard you on the big break software podcast. Loved it. Super inspiring. Are you, are you interested in, in being on more podcasts? And that was the single email that I sent. And that had a huge response rate because it was personal and it was short and it was contextual for like something that they had done that they possibly wanted to do more of. And so I didn't pitch my product. I didn't even mention my company. Um, you know, and so that's, that's an example where I think there like could be a happy medium from an SDR approach to find something that is, um, a little bit more contextual and relevant and like timely, but also mm -hmm. gives you scale. Yeah, that's, that's great. And so, so to let you continue, cause there's obviously more to it. What's the, uh, the rest of the process. I mean, the whole sort of thank you note, uh, you know, all of that was, that must be a bit hard to systematize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is. And, but what we have found is, you know, we would rather spend hours, um, where others would spend minutes because if it means, so first there's a finite number of podcasts that would be a, the, the best podcast or great podcast for you to be a guest on, to get awareness for your product or service and to provide value to the listeners. And so with that understanding, it's very important to not burn outreach with poor outreach that means you know let's say you pitch 100 podcasters and you do it poorly two or three might say yes but now the other 97 or 98 you know received a poor pitch from you and likely are not going to be receptive in the future and so what we would rather do is spend more time reaching out to those 100 so it'll take us longer to pitch all of them but we might get a 25 to 50 percent success rate with them and I mean, so literally, you know, 10, 20 Xing the results of it by, by spending the time. And, and so by spending the time, I just simply mean like literally listening to the podcast and what we do and what you saw is you're literally listening to it, pulling out something that we took from it, um, mentioning it, doing, doing a favor for the get, for the host, doing something nice for them, leaving a review, buying their book, buying their course, um, promoting them giving, you know, sharing their thing somewhere that we think could be valuable. You know, basically we just call it like a five minute favor. If you can spend five minutes, five minutes. to do something for the host or, or anybody you're reaching out to yeah. from a cold yeah, standpoint, end. Yeah. You, yeah, you know, and that's, that it's, it's really as simple as that. And then focusing your pitch on the value that the other part party will receive. A lot of people pitching focus on themselves. And so like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. so cool or we're so cool or this, that, or the other thing. It's like, that's the wrong perspective. The perspective is that you want to, that you want to come from is what is the value that in this case, the listener is going to receive, cause that's what the host cares about or what you're going to do to help the host to make it a win for them. And, you know, and that can be what you can teach, but it shouldn't be, you know, I'm Forbes 30 under 30 and we're Inc 5,000. We're so cool. And here's how mm -hmm. our product works. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it has to be from an empathetic standpoint. That's right. As you say, it's, it's obvious, but no one does it. No one does it, you know? Yep. 
Yeah. I think the five-minute rule is a, is a very good sort of baseline, a five-minute favor rule, which I've not heard of. I mean, um, but I think that's a really, if you can think about your out, outbound campaigns, um, the five-minute favor rule, which is basically just saying, hey, just to let you know, I just, you know, posted this out or something like that, or you tag them on LinkedIn, that, that sort of is going to get people's attention. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I want to make sure we touch upon Hatch. Um, can can you can you give me sort of the the reason? It, what's I like the idea of using a product, productized service. So can you sort of explain that concept? A lot of SaaS is thinking you need to automate everything. Can you kind of give this approach? What is automated, and and how much how much is you know how much is manual sort of intervention with that with that product? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, kind of. To begin with, you know, is sort of an MVP. Like we knew, we knew what we were doing. We knew that we knew how to do it, but we didn't. What we didn't know was what we should automate, how we should structure our processes, and and how the backend fulfillment and all that sort of stuff should look. But the productized service component is essentially your ability as a customer to buy an off-the-shelf product, i.e., unlimited podcast editing. For a, for a standardized price that doesn't change and receive a, a, a known quantifiable service every single month for that. In the same way that if you buy you know Asana or you buy Trello or you buy something like that, you know what you're gonna get and you can, and you can use it as you see fit. And that's exactly how we've, so it's not customized um, and it's not, it's not sort of like a one-to-one thing. It's built to be a one-to-many thing. And we are fulfilling it with people, uh, but there, there is a lot of automation and software software that we're, we're able to use now and like even more what we'll be able to do in the future. And so since we just do one thing, we're able to do that one thing really, really, really well and really efficiently. And so we've got a team of editors and we've got a process that we use actually in Trello to, to work with each client. So at some point we'll build our own, you know, sort of proprietary software, um, for our, for our delivery and communication with clients. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's effectively it. It's, it's essentially built to have the same like value prop and same structure as a software company, but it's actually being fulfilled via a service. How much sort of hands-on time do you put in for each client? Is it sort of just like a, there's some onboarding and then there's a dedicated uh, service rep that sort of does the auditing or yeah, how that, much is like how much time is actually spent per client? Yes, yeah. that's a good question. So, you know, onboarding is, is very straightforward. We create, we created um, a couple walkthrough videos on how to, how to use hatch most effectively. And then they can just simply upload their first episode with us and we get to work. I mean, it's very straightforward. Like the, the ramp up time is very low Mo- with podcasting. Most folks are coming to us, like not entirely sure what they should be doing or how to do it. Cause it's their first time doing a podcast. And so we, we bake in some education there, but you know, in terms of like, um, you know, a sort of unscalable, like onboarding one-to-one, uh, situation, it's actually not we don't find ourselves in that position. We're able to kind of like have a scalable onboarding and then, and then just get into the actual rhythm of the, of the ongoing monthly service. So they upload it, they up, upload their file. They leave us any notes they have. Our team gets to work. We get the episode back to them in two business days 
and then w- when they approve it, they can upload their next episode. And we just keep doing that as many times as they want per month. We also get, we do get questions. So from a support standpoint, we get questions and this is something that we baked in because we wanted to pair the service with expertise. And I do think more software companies could do this. But so what we know with podcasting is, especially since it's their first time doing it, they may not know what they're doing, not just related to what we do, which is editing, but to all of podcasts. And so while we're not going to run point on it, like we do with lemon pie, if they have a question about how to market their podcast, how to grow it, how to generate sales from it, how to get guests, like we're in their corner for all of these things. And so we do get questions about that. And that helps us because, you know, with our lifetime value, because which has been really high because we don't just, our value prop is not just to have a really good sounding podcast. Like that's what we're going to give you, but that's not the value prop. The value prop is you want to, you want a podcast that works and we want to be that podcast friend in your corner to help you along the way with any questions you face that we can be there for you in order to make sure it works. Cause if it doesn't work, you know, sort of selfishly for us, if your show doesn't work, you're going to quit and then you're going to churn. And so even though your podcast sounded really good, cause that's the service that we actually delivered, it didn't work. And so you quit. So we need to bake in, you know, weekly, weekly, like Q and a sessions on zoom, um, support guidance, one-to-one sort of questions and answers, like, all of these things that we're gonna actually be rolling out even more in the future, but that's how we've thought about pairing the service with expertise. Okay, that makes sense. I think it's a real powerful combination that more and more software as a service uh, founders need to start thinking about it. And I'm actually building something that's gonna be similar, you know, it has some hands on, you know, and, and you can get higher profit margins from it too. I mean, maybe not margins, but you can get a higher price point on the product if there's, you know, there's some manual intervention. Yep. That's great. So Eric, I want to thank you for your time. We're getting close to the end of the hour. I want to make sure I, I don't interfere with the rest of your day. So I thank you very much for your time. Is is Can you please let us let our listeners know if they want to reach out to you, try out your service, or they have any follow-up questions? Can you let them know how to uh, contact you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me, Jordy. Uh, it was a blast. And yeah, so you can check out Hatch at usehatch.fm and then you could check out lemon pie the full service podcast agency at lemonpie.fm and uh and yeah feel free to shoot me a note on either of those or you know ping me on twitter i'm at eric e-r-i-k bison on twitter great okay thanks so much eric thank you Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <music>